The OTL Podcast is brought to you in association with Beer52. So far, our sponsorship scheme has raised £150 and that's been passed directly to Airdrie Ladies to help with their running costs. To give you a reminder, if you go to beer52.com forward slash Airdrie and sign up, you'll receive a welcome pack of eight craft beers, their in-house magazine and a snack to let you try what they're all about. All for the just the delivery cost of £5.95 and for everyone who signs up through the link, Airdrie Ladies will receive another £5. If you stay with Beer52, every month you'll receive a case of eight carefully selected craft beers collated around the theme, recently with a Germany and the Netherlands. So why not join up? With Airdrie going into Tier 4 and the pub set to be closed for a while, there's probably never been a better time. And remember, there's no commitment so you can phone up and cancel any time you like. Welcome to the OTL Podcast. It's time for our monthly catch-up and I'm trying to rotate the squad this year. So I've got the Airdrieonians equivalent of that brother and sister from Gogglebox. I've got the queen of meme from Twitter, Emma Quigley. Uh, and also her brother, the king of bling. Don't know, David, we just need to make some. <laughs> yeah. okay, okay, I'll give you a few suggestions. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and we've got David as well. So welcome both to, back to the podcast, guys. How are you? Yeah, very well, thank you. Yeah, same here. Keeping well, which is the main thing. Hope everybody listening is, is in the same boat. Yeah, we're recording on Wednesday night. So announcement last uh, yesterday that uh, half of Scotland's about to go back into Tier 4 lockdowns, which probably means that ever, as they're ever getting back to see it is that bit further away. Um, but nonetheless, football is going on. And like starting a break point, Scotland. So I think we're all... Uh, we have watched keenly last Thursday night as the the national team qualified for a tournament for the first time in what seems like forever. Uh, for me, just uh, the, the absolute joy I felt when the, the penalty went in uh, and watching all the, the celebrations in the, in the days since uh, and just the, the, the buzz about the country uh, just reminds you how good football can be. What about yourself, David? Where did you watch it? Yeah, uh, just in the house. It was obviously the pubs were shut. <laughs> so, uh, in the house. It was actually a really good performance. Um, and as usual, we shoot ourselves in the foot in the last minute, but we came through it. Um, but I'd love to have been out in the pubs with <laughs> everyone celebrating, but you know, not to be. But I'm just delighted that we're going to be there at the party again. And, and Emma, not only will we, will we figuratively be there, you've got tickets for Hamden, so you must be buzzing. I cannot wait. I'm so excited. Um, I really just hope that by the time it comes around, you know, we're, we're through the worst of COVID and we can we can get fans back in. Um, yeah, it was just a fluke. Um, when the UEFA put the ballot out, I just applied for the games at Hamden, thinking that, you know, between myself, probably my dad, you know, David, that if I got tickets, you know, there'd be takers for them. And I was I got two for what would have been match 31, which was Croatia versus playoff winner. Um, then when they cancelled the tournament, they, they wrote to me and said, do you want to hand your tickets back? You know, we'll refund you. But I thought, well, we're still in with a shout and, you know, sporting Airdrie in Scotland, you, you got to hope, you know. So I held on to them and uh, paid off in the end. Uh, what about you? Were the whole family around the TV watching the game? <laughs> no, actually. Um, I watched the first half at home. And then I ran round the corner to get my nails done <laughs> at half time. So me and my lovely nail technician, we had a like a, we had the phone kind of attached to the nail bar, and my kind of hand through the perspex screen watching the second half and the penalties. <laughs> So, so what um, did you get? Like 2020, your nails or soul tires? What was it? Was uh, it? We're designing them for next year. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she says she's surprised they actually turned out okay because we were, um, yeah, we loved in every moment of that that match. And back, back, in, back home for the penalty shootout, though? No, I watched the penalty no, shootout. The whole, the, thing, yeah. the, the whole thing in the second half and the shootout in the, the salon. Um, but it was, it was absolutely fantastic. And I think just as David says, you know, you, you would normally, David, be in the, the pub or be at be it a game depending on, on where it was because you go to Scotland games quite a lot um, but just watching the celebrations coming out of Scotland camp and seeing Scottish football not you know completely arguing amongst itself for for a couple of days was uh, was just really great to see. 
No, we're Definitely gives a boost. We're playing Israel. I think we're one 0 down at the moment. So uh, hopefully, over the course of this yeah. podcast, we might see some some goals ringing to turn that one around. Uh, but uh, back to the day job. Uh, so where are Adria? The league cup's over. Um, three defeats and one win left is I think second bottom of our group table. Uh, the league start has been I think up and down. So we started with the win against Peterhead. Good performance, but bad result at, at Firhill. Uh, bad performance against the, well, you guys might have been getting it tight because I know you're both down in Dumbarton Territory. Uh, and then brighten things up a bit with a very impressive win against Clyde. Uh, so, definitely up and down, but but to each of you, start with you, David. I mean, I mean, are you feeling positive about the season? Yes, no, maybe. What would you make of it? Uh, maybe, maybe. <laughs> If we can play what we did against Clyde, we'll be all right against most teams, obviously. But um, we've been uncharacteristic, uncharacteristically poor at the back. Um, a few mistakes creeping in, which, along with his being a important up front, <laughs> um, is cause for concern. But I think if Murray can find his favoured eleven, uh, stop the chopping and changing, get a consistency, and hopefully we can kick on. But I'm I'm thinking. Third or fourth, uh, if you asked me, offered me them now, I'd take them. Yeah. Well, what did you, what did you think went right against Clyde? So you, that that was a a brilliant performance. And I think even when the subs come on, they look good as well. So yeah. it, it really did lift the spirits after uh, a bit of a turgid game against Dumbarton. But but can you put your finger on anything that changed? Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to say. Um, the subs coming on obviously four now up. It's much easier game to come in come into. But um, we just took our chances uh, at the right time, so to speak. You know, the third goal right before half time was uh, a killer for them. And then we came out the second half, and I think it was after 10 minutes we got the penalty. Um, but just we seem to put the ball on the deck more, uh, keep the ball on the ground, play a bit more football. And the final ball in was, was much better as well, which has been badly lacking so far this season. Uh, one thing I've noticed is the, the, the actual delivery into the box has been pretty dreadful. There was some personal nail changes. So, what I mean, the beautiful through ball from, from Thomas Robert. What do you think, Emma? Is he going to solve the, the supply issue? Probably still quite early to say. I mean, I never watched the Livingston game. So, I never seen, obviously, I've seen the goal that he scored, but I've never seen his kind of whole contribution during that. But I thought he played really well against Clyde. I thought he some, showed some really nice touches. Um, you know, and I know we've been reluctant to play him given the fact that as he's kind of first foray into to senior football. But from the flashes I've seen, I would much rather see him in the team than than on the bench, you know. And I think from you know what I saw, you know, teams are looking out for him as well. You know, teams are marking him, they're they're keeping an eye on him. So I'd prefer to have him in the side, but maybe just too early for me to say if he's, you know, the answer to some of the problems. Um Certainly, if he's answered to that, I think probably inconsistency more than anything else. Um, you know, I think the game against Peterhead, you know, we, we, we played well. I think we played well in spells, as you said, against it's Thistle and, and obviously against Clyde. But that's what I find is the difficult thing for me at the moment. It's just it's the inconsistency and, and why we're so inconsistent. You know, how we can show play like that at times. And then other times it's just, I think I'd joke to you guys against um, Edinburgh City you know I said 10 minutes in I said this is it for 90 minutes guys and we all had a laugh at it but it feels like that sometimes you know it's you just know you know when they've turned up and you know when they haven't yeah I mean really sloppy start in that game and I'm still, I think I'm in the, the, the maybe camp as well David like I do feel like when we when we went behind in a few of the games now so against Dumbarton and when we went behind against Thistle uh, and the Edinburgh City game I don't have that much confidence that they are going to turn it around. But then, I guess we did have chances against Edinburgh City. So I don't know if that's just me being pessimistic after years of supporting Airdrie that that it's that it's not going to change. Emma, you're grimacing. Yeah, no, I think it is. I think there's definitely a kind of battered psyche amongst the the fan base. You know, when it when it goes wrong and it doesn't quite go our way, you know, it's the absolute end of the world. And um, I don't know if it's. Uh, you know, everybody was missing the football. You know, everybody was excited to see it come back. And, you know, you are met with this inconsistency of performance. And, you know, you, if you go behind, I 
right now I don't I'm probably like you I don't have the confidence that we're going to we're going to be able to to do it takes to turn a game around so I think it's just probably where we are mentally as a as a fan base let's let's step it through a couple of those games then so against Thistle uh there's a a big turning point in the match when just before their second goal we had a penalty shout uh, and I mean it's the immediate passage of play so we're our players are still some of them protesting about the decision as they go up the park uh, or, or the classic counter and McDonald gets done at full back a bit and they score I mean what do you think of the penalty shout are you giving it a go to each of you David you first um <laughs> I think Gallagher kind of spoiled it for me. It looked more like a dive he threw himself down. Was a contract, yeah, but I think it's Gallagher throwing himself down that's stopped the ref from giving it. Um, so for me, no. Yeah, I, I was a no as well, uh, and uh, I know that the the club were incensed by it. And, and like John Stevens' GoPro footage, you can see. I mean, you need to go frame by frame, but Gallagher actually takes a really, really good touch back heels it with his. Well, foot furthest away from goal, but his right foot kind of almost through his own legs, turns to run onto it. The Thistle defender to me is already like slid in and on the ground, but then, like you see, it's the, it's the way he goes down, especially from the other angle and, a, and the ref's angle, possibly as well. He, he did seem to it looked like a dive, he went down, he went down, yeah. feeling, it uh, was dramatic, yeah, it didn't look, it didn't look like an actual fall, but but yeah, I mean, you see how many parents get given in modern football. There was contact, so uh, I don't think Thistle could have had too much complaint when your defender slid in and not won the ball. But Emma, what, 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 I mean, we're at two 0 uh, but full, full house, three, full three house. nil, three nil. Award the default victory because I, I probably wouldn't have given it either. I mean, I, I watched it back last night because I knew we were going to, to chat about this, and I think right, it's the, probably the ways went down, and sometimes as well, like, I turn it on its head, and you know, how would I feel if it was at the other end, you know, and. I'm more disappointed in the fact that we lost the goal off the back of the counter, the way we, you know, reacted to that, than I'm about the fact we didn't get the the penalty. It was a it was a lovely finish, but I was more annoyed at that than the penalty that was wasn't given. And these things, to say, was it the old cliche? They, they do even themselves out, you know. Uh, you see that though, the, the one that's why. If I'm going to look at it the other <laughs> way, that the, the uh, penalty they got given against. Aloha that just flicked was it Crichton's hand it was going it was going nowhere but modern football right okay his hands away from his body it's it's touched his hand so uh, it's a penalty uh, so I think there's a much stronger case for Gallagher being impeded and not not potentially scoring the goal and then uh, I mean, we're taking it out of out of order slightly here but Edinburgh City as well so we've got another one which again <laughs> I don't I, I don't think it was necessarily a stone waller but. Uh, Stokes is is about to pull the trigger, and again, he's, he's I would say he's fouled. If there's anywhere else in the park, I don't think the ref I think it's twice. And I was sh- a bit more shocked with that one that it didn't get given. But I, I don't know. I, what's your on that one? Should Stokes had a penalty against against Edinburgh? I'll go to you first on that one. I think out of the two of them, that's probably the one that I think would have been would have been given. Wouldn't you know? Um, more so than more so than Thistle. Um, but I kind of found myself not that fussed about the kind of outcomes of the League Cup games, if I'm, yeah. if I'm perfectly honest. It, it's felt just more like a, a kind of chore to get these games played than um, to worry too much about the result. Although, as I say, the performance was disappointing. But I'm actually just relieved that the games are done now. David, you give it, you giving Stokes a penalty? Yeah, I'm giving that one. Um I think it was a similar uh, foul against someone in the Scotland game last week against uh, in the game of the playoff game. Um, it was given, it was very similar. Someone pointed out it was very similar. Um, so, yeah, I'm giving that one definitely. Um, although it would have still been soft, and if it was against us, you'd have probably moaned as well. But I'd have gave it. But incidentally, um, with Stokes, I was, I'd actually quite like to see him playing a bit deeper. Um, given the chance behind Gallagher um, with Carrick and Robert either side or O'Connell and Carrick and Robert about him because um, he looks a tidy player up when he gets the ball his feet but <laughs> quite a lot of players do but we seem to help Ben putting up the park to their heads 
Yeah, no, uh, there was a bit of noise when he was he was announced as a forward, but then there seemed to be a bit of rolling back from that. And actually, uh, he's a midfielder, but I mean that's you couldn't have played him in a much more advanced position than we did in, in that game. But I take your point, Emma. That, that was it was a league cup. The correct game to make a few changes in. So Mbeo came in, Stoke started, uh, and if that was just the easiest place to fit him in the team, then then fair enough. He's better getting a chance there than than sitting on the bench. Uh, right, your your local team then, so, so Dumbarton. What, what it used to be that? my wee team. That used to be the joke. We don't get away with it anymore. Uh, well, I mean. Uh, in recent years, we've, we've had, well, since Murray came in, we've had a really good record against them. Uh, so it was, uh, it did disappoint me quite a bit, just the, the result. I mean, they had, I think they only had three subs. You know, you can make five changes, but they've got a really tight squad and whether they've got a couple of injuries or whatever, um, they found themselves short. We, You made the point earlier, David, I started this season thinking, right, we've got, We've got the back four sorted. We're really solid. We might not be amazing to watch, but we're not going to leak many in. And I guess the disappointing part in that game was it was two pretty basic goals that they scored. Uh, I mean, one through the full-back position, as it happened against Thistle, and then one just a good through ball. Uh, so worrying that we get cut open so easily. They were happy to give us up possession, and then we really puffed and puffed, but didn't didn't really create much so I, I don't know I didn't really take much out of that performance at all in fact it, it, it worried me where you're, you're hoping that we some, we'll, we'll get everything together we might have a, a, a involved in a title race that's the kind of performance that that would really yes. the type of game we've got to win yeah yep. um, I think it says about the Clyde game we scored goals at really good times where against Dumbarton, we passed up a couple of chances where if we had scored them, the game might have been different. I think it was at 1-0. Connell had a really good header. Uh, the keeper saved it. Which, in fact, they had to change their keeper in the warm-up. Their original keeper was injured. Um, and then the guy came on and played the, yeah. two really good saves from what I remember. But uh, I, if we'd scored goals in that game when we took them the chances, um, it may have been different. But... It just we came away from that just feeling flat, you know, poor performance, the two soft goals to concede, and then um, we were questioning, you know, do we have enough up front to get us into the top half of the table? And and again, being yeah. balanced about it, I mean, Patrick Thistle lost to Clyde in opening day. Clyde looked absolutely hopeless against us, so it might be it's just going to be the kind of league for for Drew against Falkirk. If somebody can stop Cove or slow them down a bit, that would be that would be handy. Yeah. It might just be it's going to that any team on the day can can do that. Uh, Emma Clyde game. I've already asked David about it. What what did you make of it? Thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed myself for a for a change. But no, I think just adding to what David said, it just felt like you know it clicked on the day. I mean, I don't think to be fair, Clyde covered themselves in you know in glory. And I think if you were a, a Clyde fan, you'd probably be pretty unhappy maybe at some of the some of the defending in it but I think you know we, we played it on the deck I think we, we moved the ball so much better through the you know the midfield we crossed it better I think just all the things I think that we feel have probably lacked in the other games came together in the right way on that day which um kind of brings it back to the point about why we're so inconsistent in other times because we know we know that it's there. I think we, I think the team is it's capable of that. We just we just don't always see it. Um, so, well, you know, probably quite a high over the you know, the clay game. You're you're sandwiched with these other performances, you know, on either side of it. Um, you can you can forgive the league cup if we go and kick on in the league because yeah. the, the break came at the worst time for us after winning five now you. You really like to go to four for the next week. Yeah, I'm at war. I think you had to you had to beat um, Edinburgh and then at least have a a, a kind of free hit against a, a Premier League team where you could maybe get through to the next round. I'm with with you and what you said. Uh, and I'm not really worried about league. If anything, I think in other years we've maybe missed out on a chance because the next league seeded, so you're you're guaranteed a top side. Uh, and you could get really lucky and get a Rangers or Celtic and fill the coffers, but this year I don't think that happens. Presumably, um, I don't know how it works. If you get a split of the streams or whatever. If you drew Rangers or Celtic, your game might get picked for TV. So 
you'd have another game, but but not see the financial upside of it. So it probably makes sense this year not to get too hit up about the the, the league cup. I mean, I didn't watch the uh, the game uh, against Levy. I was actually at Five Sisters Zoo, which is the, a stone's throw from the from the, the Levy Stadium. Uh, the kids had gone on a carousel, and we went one 0 up. And by the time they came off the carousel, we were two one down. So so it did seem like a bit because the, the, the reports back seemed to be we played really well and and deserved the lead. Yeah. They scored a really good goal immediately after. Hutton gives away a stupid penalty and we crumbled a bit. So good for good for 70 minutes. And I think, yeah, well, that's, um, again, it seemed to be that we, we showed up and, you know, the performance was, was there, certainly for up until we, we decided to, you know, get a bit bold and score ourselves a, score ourselves a goal and then <laughs> it maybe reverted to type a wee bit. But, you know, that's that's a tough a tough game, you know, to go against, you know, Premiership opposition and, and if we were, you know, I didn't watch it, watch it either. And David, I'm not sure if you did um, yourself, but you know, to go up against Prem- and to keep that performance level for, you know, nine, it's a it's a big ask of them. Um, but yeah. hopefully, it can just show them. Sorry, David. Sorry, I was saying I, I didn't I didn't manage to watch the game. I was working, but as I came out of work, I saw we'd just taken the league, the lead, and uh, I thought brilliant. I turned out of work and less than a mile away. That came on, Clyde. Well, we were 2 0 to 2 1 down. <laughs> well, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> but yeah, also believable. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I couldn't believe it, but I knew that's <laughs> uh, typical. Right, from, from those things, so what's the big takeaway points we can uh, we can look at? Right, the defence, are we as solid as we thought we would be? Emma, I'll, I'll throw that one to you. No, I don't think we are as solid as we, we maybe thought we'd be. Um, why? I'm not 100% sure if, if I'm honest. I think um, we've lost some goals that I wouldn't, you know, wouldn't have expected us to. Although I think we did look good in pre-season. Yeah. Um, you know, whether it's just, yeah, I mean, I'm not, I honestly, I'm not sure why. I mean, Murray pointed out specifically the fullbacks after the the Partick Thistle game, uh, and he wasn't. I mean, McDonald got dropped, but I think it was. Uh, we, all, we all like McCann and think he's a real talent, but I think it was a kind of pointed comment that they're both young and they're, they're still they're still learning the game. The, the first Dumbarton goals a bit similar looking to the first Thistle goal as well. So maybe there's just a bit of development needed there. He's, he's slotted Mackay in instead of uh, McDonald on the the Clyde game. So maybe it's the the, the youngsters having to develop. Uh, the person I'm still happy with the personnel. I still think Crichton and Fordyce should be should be solid at the back so hopefully it's just a, a minor dip in form and uh, and they can sort it out but I think we all will share that concern. Right David uh, after the Dumbarton game Murray was heavily criticised uh, and there's not the most accurate sample you could take but looking at the Airdrie Facebook page um, a lot of fans were very quick to 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 jump to criticise him or call for his head uh, and we obviously have had chats on the, the, the WhatsApp group much to Brian's dismay when he had about 128 <laughs> uh, messages during that half time uh, Sorry Brian during one of his commentaries we'll show you how to mute your phone Brian it's fine uh, but, but uh, what's your thoughts on on Ian Murray so we're, we're, two, we're two years in now uh, and it does seem like the camp split between those who think nah he's not he's not the man uh, and those who think that's that's too harsh a judgment so where's your head at? I, I see both sides of the argument for me a decision I've got to look at how much we've improved have I seen improvement particularly in the last since the start of last season I don't think we've had too much improvement and I don't see him being able to take his on that next step I'd, I'd love it if he could um, but for me I wouldn't get rid of him just now um, I'd still think if he can find his right the, the right team like he did last year it took him a wee bit of time but he did find his best 11 and he if he can do that and go on a wee run which I think he can um, I'd be quite happy to see out a season with him at least in review at the end uh, but in my head, I'd say it's probably not the man to take us forward beyond this season. Emma, yeah, I think um, as, as David said, it's 
looking. I mean, this is a very strange season. I think I want to, you know, say that from the you know the the players have been off for seven months. You know, they they're they're just getting back into. They've faced probably all the challenges that that we have. You know, on on a daily basis. You know, so it's they're not normal times. You know, for anybody. But if we're taking probably from when Ian came in through last season into this season, then I agree with David. You know, I don't see the improvements that I would expect to see. Um, and I think that the, the parts of the way we play and, and the, the performances that are inconsistent, it's the same inconsistencies, I'd say. You know, it's the same frustrations that I find with it, you know, about the inconsistency of performance. Now, is that down to the manager if it's not down to the manager then you have to then look to the players and then when you look when you you know you look to the squad you know a couple of the games where there was only we know we've brought players in over over the summer but there was only I would say 1.1 change from the team that played last year um at one point now I don't know why I think that was out one outfield change kind of been max and goals you know so if I'm not seeing the improvement I'm seeing the same inconsistencies then you do have to think, is this the right manager to take us forward? Um, I certainly wouldn't call for his, his head now. I think it's, maybe unless you're breaking, um, it's a far too early in the season to be getting rid of your manager. Um, you know, the one thing that always struck me about Airdrie, particularly last season, was how much the players said they enjoyed being at the club um, what a good dressing room it was. You know, they seem to have a kind of, you know, a camaraderie. Um, like to think that's that's still there, and you know that we will we will come come good as as things settle down, and you know we get through it. Certainly, at least the next, you know, what four or four or five games up to up to Christmas, and 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 see where we are. But I certainly, I don't think I'd be looking to do anything this season, this shortened season. Yeah. I mean, yeah. What? Back to uh, you look back to Neil Murray came in. He's, he's made us. He made us inst- well, not instantly, but he eventually got there. He, he made us harder to beat, very organised and compact. Um, but when I look at, especially the start of the season going forward, there isn't maybe a structure like he knows how to set the team up attacking wise. Um, he can certainly set us up to defend well, um, but going forward, I think maybe he needs a bit of help there to set us up to. Um, you know, be able to go at teams and attack them and open them up because we don't seem to open teams up very easily. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. I mean, it was noticeable that it only took, I think you could say it only took one bad league result. You can, I, I, I lost away to party with this, I think you can accept, even with a dodgy start to the season. Uh, a defeat against Dumbarton, we've got the bit, we've got the the key rivals for this league. We've got twice away to Thistle, twice away to Falkirk. So you then need to be beating the smaller teams uh, as much as you, uh, as we joke, whether the Barton's a wee team or not. We're better resourced than them. You need to be you need to be winning those games if you want to win the league. And you can't afford to lose many of them if you want to be in the, the, the playoffs as well. Uh, he must feel under pressure because he took the Airdrie job when his reputation had taken a bit of a hit against St Mirren. He did okay last year, well enough, probably about expectations. If we'd finished in the playoffs, I think we would have been quite happy. Um, yeah. He's got to got to show progress, I think, for people to, to rate him and maybe for another club to come in. He wouldn't want to stay Airdrie all these days, I wouldn't have thought. Uh, how do you break management down? Recruitment, well, Airdrie's a bit of a different model as well. You've got a director of football there. Uh, they've rolled the dice a bit, bringing these guys in, but Sabatini looks a player... Robert, I think we're starting to see enough of to think he could be as good as, if not better than maybe Callum Smith last year, would be the hope. So hopefully we've made improvements in personnel. Are the players that you've got there, can you make them better and can you get them in a, a, a system that, that that makes the most of them? Yeah, I think you're right, David. There's a, a question mark there as to whether or not we've, we've really found a way to go out and, and win games. So he is under pressure. I think he, to alleviate that, he needs... A run of games pretty soon, um, and amongst the criticism that he gets, uh, Paul McKay's name seems to come up more and more often. Uh, as well, he gets criticised as being uh, Paul McKay's undroppable, and insinuations make made that he's getting a game because of who his dad is, or, uh, and and the fact that Robert's been brought into the club. 
I mean, try, trying to take all, all that out of it, how do you rate Paul McKay as a player? Emma, I'll go to you first. Yeah, he's kind of carried on the, the crown of kind of last season's whipping boy to, to into this season. Um, I don't know, I particularly, I actually preferred him when, when he moved them out the midfield when he, when he made that swap with McDonald. I actually preferred him there. Um, I don't... I don't really like the kind of I want the kind of nastiness that goes around of him being undroppable and he's only you know picked for X, Y or or, or Z reasons. Um, I certainly don't think looking back at the performances that I would single him out as being the reason why we've lost you know the poor goals at the back or you know the reason for the performances. Um, I just think it's everyone has a has a has a scapegoat and he seems to be up for a lot of people. David, when you see the, the team sheet comes in on Saturday and Mackay's name there, do you react? Uh, actually, I prefer to see Mackay at right back than McDonald. I um, think he's a better right back. In the middle of the park, he's a bit slow and a bit of a ball watch in the middle of the park for me. Um, but he's he's worth having any team for me at right back. Um, he's solid enough and he's a, he's a threat at set pieces. I'm not talking about long throw-ins, talking about uh, in the air, getting an end of stuff. He's, he's a threat. Um, so I, I, if if he's in the team for me, it's got to be at right back um, at the expense of McDonald. I've really not been impressed with McDonald this season at all. Potential to, to push on McDonald, but I think he's been poor so far. So for me, I'm happy to have Mackay in the team at his expense. I think that the long throw is an interesting point of it because I think he does get abuse for that. Uh, can, can, is it Connell? Can Connell throw it further? Oh, uh, I, I don't know. It'd be, it'd be interesting to see the training session. Is to, can it further. To see that. It's harder for Connell because he's got to get the end of it himself as a striker. Uh, that's that's not Paul Mackay. Well, presumably it's not Paul Mackay who says, look, when we get a throw-in in the final third, uh, I'm launching it into the box. Uh, so I don't imagine for a second. That's, that's, and that's back to... You're, we're a hybrid model so the one advantage E. Murray's got as a coach is that he's got more contact time with them and so you'd like to see them mix that up a, a bit more I, I feel like when we've chased games especially up at the Starks Park last year when they went down to 10 men we're very quick to kind of try and get it in the mixer when I, I think we're better than that so I think that kind of under, undermines it on, on Mackay I think it's. I find it quite interesting. I mean, the players all. Uh, I made the joke on the, the Facebook page earlier, but when when Robert took his top off, they're all running about with these sports bra things on because they've got their heart <laughs> monitors and there'll be GPS and whatever. So we are very scientific, I and mean, you can see with Murray as a coach, he likes to do things the right way. The idea that picking a football team isn't a meritocracy, uh, and you would you would pick some you would favour someone for reasons like that seems. Uh, daft to me. So Ian Murray's under pressure. He can't afford to put someone in his starting lineup if he doesn't think that they're the best. I think there'll be data there showing that Mikhail will run X amount uh, in a game. He's, he looks to me quite, to be quite athletic. When you look at players that have gone on from Airdrie in recent years, Ricky Lamy, nobody really rated when he was at Airdrie. Uh, he's now at his second Premier Club. Nobody rated him when he was at Morton either. I remember their fans moaning about him. Scott Stewart, uh, he probably who his dad was helped him a bit at Airdrie, but I remember when he broke into the side, a lot of Airdrie fans saying he must be a very good trainer because umpteen managers picked him and, and it really took took a while for him to look like a player. Eventually won Player of the Year, so he got there. But I'm just thinking early days of Scott Stewart, he wasn't really rated. Uh, he's gone up a, a level, and I'm trying to think of others, but it tends to be the more, your more athletic guys who... who uh, modern football that, that's more important than ever whereas Nathan Blockley Liam Watt I mean Liam Watt spot the crowd but, but people love Blockley Blockley was fiery red here into everything chasing the ball all are you saying that we have, a, we have a type don't we <laughs> I think uh, if you chase a, if you do a lot of chasing here, it can help get fans on your, on your side you're really. a hard worker I think yeah so I'm just yeah, I'm questioning on uh, do are we are we necessarily the best judge of players as a support? Uh, question mark. I don't I don't necessarily think so. It is interesting with Lamy. Uh, Lamy wasn't fancied, but when he was at Airdrie, the uh, Scottish league ran a superstars thing. I think he won about ten grand for the club. 
because he went along and it was like 60 yard sprint, uh, keep you up easy. He was obviously a good technician and he was obviously very fit. He beat Rangers players who were down in our league at that time. So uh, we, we maybe underestimate the importance of that data we still have on all the players and why he is starting. Sorry, David, I interrupted you there. I think it was the Scott Stewart. Actually, I, Scott Stewart, I was going to say, I'd love to have him back at the club. Um, I was sad to see him go. Oh, I mean, so I, I think he's, he's, he's done well with our growth. Um, so he definitely developed him. Like I, do, I mean, he broke, Scott Stewart broke into the team at 17 or 18 or something like that. Uh, he was very uh, young, yeah. And at points, I think, did look a bit lost in the midfield. But I'm trying to think who it would have been. Jimmy Boyle, Gary Bolin... Uh, well, pro- probably Wolecki Black, Danny Lennon. They all it was always starting, so uh, yeah, they maybe do just see see things that we don't, and maybe it has been a good trainer. Maybe having the, the right attitude every day, uh, whereas if uh, if someone else doesn't, uh, if you're a manager, you're still a human, like you're not going to pick someone if you if, they, if you think they're not trying. I mean, Curtis Roberts was the one that the fans loved to an extent last year, uh, and he didn't get a chance but was was much more popular with the fans um, but I mean he's had to he's dropped a league to get a club so I don't know it'll be interesting to see how he de- he develops from there Yeah he looked a good player last year um, but he's he was always on the periphery of the team he never seemed to uh, get a good run at it which frustrated the fans so uh, we'll see we'll keep, I've been keeping an eye on him but We'll see how he goes the next couple of years if he comes bounces back up the leagues. But I think once you go down, it's harder to come back up. And I think you're absolutely right as well. I don't think probably fans are the the, the best people to be <laughs> to be choosing or um, you know pontificating too much on it um, for that exact reason. You know we don't see what goes on in training. You know we don't see all the stats or you know how hard they work or, or what else you know that they even contribute. So, but I, I do think some of the criticism levelled at for some it's not it's not been fair. In my opinion, I will, rem- I will remind you of that point at ten past three this Saturday when you're having. Listen, <laughs> remind, remind me of that point when any any of the eleven of them last ten past on Saturday. Yeah, that is just um. I just do find it interesting that he he does seem to be the one that the a bit of anger of the fans is is more focused on. Whereas, like you said, I don't think he's necessarily had a, a shocking game. He's almost like a six, seven out of ten. Uh, I don't think he has too too many horror shows. Uh, and and the, as you say, the, the the mistakes have been it's clearly been defensive errors from the back four that's caused the goals recently. It's not been it's not been him. He's one that people get on top of. Um, right, so looking at the the form coming up or, or the fixtures coming up, we've got Forfa, then Forfa away on Saturday, Cove at home, East Fife, uh, and then Montrose. So you've got and take the one game further, then it's Falkirk as well, and that takes us up to that, Christmas. That'll be, that'll be a third end of the season, presumably. Like that. That's that's and, it. Yeah. Right. So you've played everyone there. How many points? What's the target? How many points do we need to get where we're we're saying oh, Murray's actually won us over a bit, is it? So uh, I thought we are saying one, two, three, four, five games. That's it's three wins, realistically, to have you in the mix for the playoffs. I think you would need a minimum. Yeah, a minimum of, of nine points, yeah. I wrote, I mean, I wrote this down earlier, just as I was, I was making some notes to see, you know, what the run-in was. And I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, realistically... You would expect, but I've actually got four with a circle, <laughs> which is what I potentially think we, we will get. Be, you know, I think we should confidently, you know, we should beat Forfar looking at the form. But I'm looking at Cove, I'm looking at Montrose's form as well, I'm looking at Falkirk, and depending on what Airdrie's side turns up, you know, I, I just I can't see us confidently saying that we'll beat in, in East Fife. I'm never quite sure you know we tend to go back and forth so I think if we were to be realistic we would need nine but I'm, I'm looking at I don't think we'll get that you think four points not four wins four points four points so what you're saying you're, we're going to beat four for and draw with East Fife and lose the yes other and lose the other three that's that is as far as I got before I thought that's too depressing and put my put my pen down uh, it's interesting with yeah. Cove because we were we were losing Cove to Cove before it was popular but um I don't know how good they are. You know, they've come in and won every game. You can't question that. But I don't know. I they might just 
doing our broth. They might go off to a fly and then everyone else knocks points off each other and we need to try and catch them. Yeah. I can see in typical Airdrie fashion, four for being the banana skin, we go out and lose to them and then we bounce back with a win against Cove and then we go out and lose these five. I'm just looking because it's, it's away to four for at home. Way to East Fife, home to Montrose, and away to to Falkirk. I think that influence. I thought potentially expect to lose both the home games, given how poor we can be. Uh, yeah. We'll beat Cove and Falkirk and lose the rest. <laughs> you know what? Let's just 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 put the put it all into a hat and, and draw it out, and that's probably as accurate as we'll get. It's just interesting to you that that's yeah you've gone through and that's your prediction. I can see. There's, yeah, I can see why. Uh, so, yeah, we need to right, beat Forfar, and then we'll, we'll, Cove's going to be a big test. Uh, but yeah, we've seen we've seen the danger of writing off a game as a win uh, against Edinburgh City. D- David, you, let, let's. Uh, so I've, I've gone. To, I've said nine points. I think nine points is doable from there. Uh, Emma's gone for four. What, what's your what's your rating? I, I reckon nine points is doable as well. Um, Falk, uh, going, going away to Forfar, it'll be difficult. It's never an easy game out there, but we should. We hopefully can can do a job against them. Cove, I'm actually quite optimistic. We tend to raise our game, certainly last year we raised our game against the top teams. It was it was the bottom teams that would, you know, throw in the poor performances against. Um, so uh, again, East Fife. Yeah, we, we, did, we did lose three times to Raith Rovers, but we'll gloss over that one. Well, I, I, they were close games. <laughs> Well, that's just the as standard with Wraith Rovers. Um, but we, we raised a game for Falkirk. Um, yeah. So, uh, Montrose have always been a difficult game as well, home and away. So, uh, on the fence with that one, but certainly, I can see us getting three wins, but um, yeah. our inconsistency will come back into it again, I think. Well, I've obviously activated Grinch mode ahead of December then. You guys have been much more generous than I am. Uh, I said, I think. Yeah, I said, you, you, you uh, activated that in September. <laughs> <laughs> if we got four points, I think we would be in a horrible position, starting to struggle for the playoffs, and uh, there would be all sorts of pressure on on Ian Murray. So uh, hopefully that doesn't happen because that would be uh, a pretty awful. And it's such a short season that trying to recover it, there's just there's just not a lot of time. All right, just, let's try. Let's try. I just think teams, teams, and Ophir get a you know pushes for an early goal, and we will struggle to to break them down. Right, let's start. Let's try and finish on on a high. So uh, I didn't say this in advance. Let's go for what we were. We were all thinking about half empty uh, glasses at the when I, when I asked it that we said. But what things could potentially give us some cheer here? So I'm. Uh, Ali Roy's to come back he can't be too long off it because it does feel like forever ago that he had that horrible uh, injury and I think they said four weeks to, to begin training so he, he will hopefully just add a bit more uh, into the attacking options Kyle Connell has looked really good I think um, uh, very very useful you never know with young loan players but I, I, I really like the, the look of him Played out wide against Clyde, wasn't he? And he was he looked really good out there. Uh, I got on with that because I thought it would send a big lump to play up front, but but actually he's, he's quite good with him. his feet. Nice touch in the ball. Uh, Carrick's scored a few penalties, but we've, we've, we're Scotland fans. We know how important penalties can be, and he, he can he can. <laughs> they have all a good count. Time. Yeah, uh, I was. I did. I did. Uh, there's a point I've not written down here. Uh, when you've got Callum Gallagher on two goals and you win a penalty and you look pretty clear in the game, I was quite surprised that he didn't get to or didn't wrestle the ball off him. He did say in his post match, he mentioned it at half time and Carrick just gave him a death stare. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> really, you get a chance to bring the, the, the ball into the changing room at, at full time if you scored a hat trick. I thought I was quite surprised. I, I didn't think there was any chance of Clyde getting back in the game, but but there you go. Gallagher's scored a couple there. I think we all know what we get with a good, honest forward. The foreign signings, Sabatini, as I said, I think he looks a player. Robert's starting to show, and hopefully uh, a bit more confidence and a bit just even settling into to life in Scotland. Uh, we can give him a bit of license to start tearing teams open and get the ball into him because he does look uh, like he is comfortable. Yeah, he, he started to get involved 
get more involved in stuff, getting involved in goals and creating chances. Um, so I'd like to see a lot more of them. Keep them, keep them in the, in the starting lineup, and yeah, get the ball to them and see what he can do. So there's enough for for me. There's enough to to, to cling on to a bit of hope. But but is this run of fixtures up until a third of the way through is going to be uh, all important? I think we, we we need to we need to be in the mix for certainly the playoffs. But 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 hopefully Cove falter a bit. Falkirk have already uh, have already drawn a couple of games. Thistle have got off to a bad start. So uh, let's get ourselves right in amongst it. Other other bright points that I've missed off of it. Curry, I think he's been a yeah. good addition and goal. Um, he's not had a lot to do. The, the goals he's conceded that haven't been his fault. Um, he's not had any games where we're pinned our backs to the wall and he's had to pull off save after save, but he looks competent. He looks a good shot stopper. And I think it's like a, an improvement on Hutton. Um, although I do like David Hutton, but he's got that crazy mistake in him like we saw against Livingston. Yeah. Curry looks... Uh, a slightly a bit better on him, like a better improve, an improvement on him. When Liam McCann at left back has been superb as well this season. So, so, so many, many bright points. points. <laughs> <laughs> what do we want? Delete the last hour. Another contract for Murray as well. Delete the last hour. Let's start again. <laughs> no, I think, um, yeah, you probably highlighted them all there. Um, I've been really pleased with Sabatini coming in and you know we as you say we're a bear just starting to break through now. I think he's shown some really nice flashes of what we can hopefully hopefully go on to do. And I think if we can just take all these kind of good individual performances that we've had and start to to gel them into a more consistent team, then you know I I, I do think some of these games will be winnable, whether it's going to be this early in the season or whether it's going to take a bit longer, I'm not quite sure. I think it may be after this run of games before we see that. Yeah, yeah I think it needs it needs a run of wins. It needs to get confidence up, and if they can do that, then David, that point you made earlier about knowing how you're going to set out to beat teams would just become a lot easier. We had it around this time last year where we won the uh, the six games in a row, and you you did have yeah, I got confidence. the I got the Stranraer video up as a reminder. I think it was this week when we went top of the. Yeah, you know, it's been a really crazy, strange year for everybody since. Uh, and uh, that, I think that's I'm, I'm trying to be positive. A, a lot of it is just I don't, we're all going down to tier four. I don't know when we might see a bit of pressure coming into World League football because all these guys being part time and uh, uh, and not having the level of testing that we've got at, at the top level. I just. I just worry whether or not we might see another shutdown of football. Hopefully not, but uh, maybe just a, a bit of stability and and uh, just getting through this year with with, with a club still with support should be the the key thing and not overreact if we if we do only get four points in the next five games. <laughs> and maybe and maybe that is the kind of final positive that you take from it, is that we are here, we are playing, we're, we are talking about football again and. I know we're not all the, the greatest fans of, of of Pixie Lot, you know, but we are able to, you know, we are able to watch. We are still able to to participate to a certain extent and in, in watching the teams. I mean, it's obviously not the same as you know Tuesday night in Broomfield when it's raining sideways. But you know, I would much rather have it as is, you know, than than the months we went without. I just think it's it's come on leaps and bounds. They've moved they've moved the camera forward so that you're not getting the roof rafters when it goes down to uh, like for a corner you were missing a whole lot of the pitch. So they've sorted that out. Other than the carrier bag cameo uh, by the the poly bag, and I think as well, and no bald linesman either. If we can uh, yeah. avoid. Well, I think Hutton's boots were doing it. I'm sure he'd bright white boots on, and if his feet were like together enough, you know, sometimes at a corner that seems to pan all the way to him, I think that's because <laughs> of his footwear. So whoever's listening from the club, get get Hutton in black boots to stop the to, to stop the, the camera being attracted it's to his so feet. many theories on why, wasn't there? There was a uh, car lights something up the road as well of why it kept panning away. But the bald linesman's been... Absolute favourite this season so far, and that wasn't that wasn't that was. I was up at Inverness, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wonder what wonder what he's got to do for the rest of the season. Like wear a wig or get a hat on him. Bonnet. 
Okay. No, thank you very much for your time, guys. So let's um, we'll have another monthly catch up soon with, with panel members and yeah, it's, it's in the in the balance at the moment. Two wins, two defeats. Let's hope it's uh, at least nine points before I speak to speak to anyone else. Maybe that's what I should do. <laughs> not have a podcast until we've got another nine points. Okay, can wait a while. <laughs> See you in twenty twenty one. Optimism. <laughs> thank you. Very thank much, you guys. Hey, thank you for having us. I don't know, you go David, I can edit that if you just see what you were going to say and I'll sort that out. No, I think if we, if, we, if we go top again before Christmas, then that's when we call the league. That's when... It's <laughs> <laughs> like get some fake news out there if we manage to get ourselves up to yeah, the top. Yeah. No uh, yeah. Just call so, it. I know that, that interestingly, some of the leagues down south have got protocols in place for what should happen but Scotland just don't learn so we've done oh, nothing I know that would be bring on the bun fight imagine imagine it's called hearts are like eight points clear but there's not been enough games they're not like through two thousands of, ah we just play the same leagues again next year and should go don't want to rattle that cage again still rattled from the last time <laughs> did you see their documentary on BBC Scotland I watched the, the first, hearts one I watched the first part of it and I thought it was too too sanitised. Nice. Uh, yeah, with these things, like the Sunderland one's been excellent because it's a car crash. Um, but they've, <laughs> also, they've also not been on it. They've obviously been not allowed to object to, to much that went in there. Even the Man City and Tottenham ones through Amazon, I felt like there was a bit more balance, whereas Hearts were telling us about uh, the ladies team moving from one amateur league to another amateur league and giving you long spells with the groundsmen and stuff that love to see the cutting room floor of that one yeah uh, stuff that I don't think was really what we all wanted to see from Hearts yeah. last year <laughs> we wanted to see the meltdowns yes everyone's sitting there with a, a bucket of popcorn and it just didn't happen yeah. uh, it got to the good bit with coronavirus coming and it just ends but no this is when it gets good that's what uh, we've all been waiting for yeah, I, I do. I, I do like these things. I think it gives you uh, gives you a lot of insight, and I do. Um, there does seem to be very little to sports coaching. There's loads of American football ones as well, and the head coach they either don't show you a whole load of stuff, or Mourinho just like says a couple of sentences and a few sweary words before he sends the boys out, and that's that's enough to get you <laughs> mega million payoffs from from uh, a few clubs. Well, you ever heard Dad sometimes tells a story, doesn't David, that they used to know. Uh, used to work with, a, I thought it was a lady, a chap whose son played for Rangers at the time when Walter Smith was there. And he said, you never saw him at the training ground, ever. Never saw him. It was all the coaches that did the work, unless the cameras came to interview before a game. And then he would jog up in his tracksuit for the, you know, and, and do the interviews. And then he would bugger off again. So it does make you wonder what they do. Okay, guys, perfect. Uh, let's, let's speak soon.